Good morning, and thank you for joining us. We're glad to be together, at least in this way, and we look forward to being back together in person very soon. You know, rebounding in basketball is one of the key strategies a team can use to win games. You can get the rebound in different ways. It might be from uh, your shot, and you get the rebound off your own shot that missed, or maybe you get the rebound from uh, another player on your team's shot, or even a shot from the opponent, and you get the ball and take it to the other end of the court for your team to score. Or you get your own team's rebound, and it gives you a chance for second chance points. Either way, rebounding is an, is an important strategy for a team when it comes to winning basketball games. The same is true for our lives. There are times when we miss the shot, when we mess up, when we blow it, when we, we, it didn't go right and we've made a mess of things, we have the opportunity to get the rebound. But like in basketball, a player doesn't get the rebound by just standing there, looking around, not paying attention. A, a player has to be paying attention, have his head in the game, and be ready to quickly spring and get the ball. A player has to be able to pay attention and know what's going on to box out the other players to get the ball and get the rebound to win the game. So the same is true in our lives. There's some readiness we have to have in order to get the rebound if we're going to in our lives when we make mistakes, when we sin, when we've blown it, when we've made a mess of things. We have to also get the rebound. Peter, in the Bible, had to get the rebound in his faith. Peter was a bold and passionate and impulsive person. He was a fisherman by trade, and he was strong and tough and used to hard work. And sometimes Peter, as we see described in Scripture, his faith was rock solid, and sometimes it was anything but that. But what we see when we look at Peter's life throughout Scripture is that Peter always got the rebound in his faith. And that's what I want us to spend time looking at this morning because we need to learn what we can, how he got the rebound, and how we can do the same thing in our lives. In John chapter 1, we see the first time that Peter and Jesus meet. And if you'll look there with me in John chapter 1, at the time, Peter went by the name Simon. That was his name. And John the Baptist saw Jesus and pointed him out to two of his disciples who were there with them. One of them was Andrew, who was Peter or Simon's brother. Now, Andrew then went and found his brother, Simon, and he said, we have found the Messiah. And he took Simon to go and meet Jesus. And he says, so you, and, and so when, 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 when Peter met Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, so you are Simon, the son of John? You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And that's what we see recorded in scripture is Peter. So Jesus changed Simon's name, and Simon means he has heard, and he changed it to Peter, which means rock. Now that's interesting because when Simon first met Jesus, he had heard of him 
through Andrew, his brother. Andrew ran and said, we have found the Messiah. So he goes and he has a brief encounter with him and meets him. His, his name Simon means he has heard. But Jesus, at their first meeting, changes his name to Peter, which means rock. And I think that's really interesting. Is it that Jesus saw in Peter what he knew he could and would become in that great rock of faith at the beginning days of the Lord's church? So we see this great faith in Peter in Luke chapter 5. If you'll turn there with me, let's start reading in verse number 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing on, on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, and the fishermen, uh, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he, saw he sat down and, and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Did you notice Peter's faith in this moment? Now, Peter wasn't yet a follower, a disciple of Jesus. He had only met him that one time prior when Jesus probably seemed, and it probably seemed very strange, just changed his name. He said, you'll be called Cephas or Peter, which means rock. But, but he, he was the fisherman. Peter was the one who knew what he was doing. This was his job, his business. Peter knew what he was doing. Jesus didn't know fishing like Peter did. This wasn't Jesus' business, but Peter knew enough about Jesus from what he had heard from Andrew and his previous encounter that, that he at least had some trust in what he said, had some faith, and he did what he said. He said, Master, we toiled all night and, and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. So Peter knew enough about him to put his faith in him. But let's look at what happened next. Look at verses 8 through 11. But when, Pete, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Verse 10. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Listen to this. From now on, you will be catching men. And they, when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. So now Peter was a disciple, was a follower of Jesus, as well as James and John. So Peter had already trusted in Jesus uh, when he told him to recast his net. But now, after seeing what happened when he recast his net, Peter believed what his brother Andrew had told him earlier and said, we have found the Messiah. Now Peter believed that message. And that's why Peter fell down at his knees and, and confessed he was a sinner and unworthy to even be in the presence of Jesus. 
And I want you to remember that and think about that and how important that is for our lives because that's, that's more the demeanor we need to take when, 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 when we've messed up, when we recognize our sin, when re- we recognize the state that we are in. We need to be more like Peter and fall at our knees before Jesus instead of having hard hearts and hard heads. And we need to be more like Peter in that repentant, confessing heart falling down at the knees of Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. So from the first time Jesus met Peter, he was nudging him to become what he knew and who he knew he could be. And at that point, the Bible says, Peter and his partners, James and John, left everything and followed Jesus. Peter demonstrates the same faith in Matthew 14 when he steps out of the boat and walks on the water to Jesus. You remember that story? And then again in Matthew 16 when Jesus asked his disciples who they thought he was. And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so here we are back again at Peter's name, aren't we? Jesus tells Peter here in Matthew 16 that on this rock of faith, your confession on believing in me as the Christ, the Savior, the Son of God, the Messiah, I will build my church. And so maybe now you're wondering, where's the part about Peter getting the rebound? Well, that's where we are at now. So turn with me to Luke chapter 22. And here we find Jesus with his 12 disciples in an upper room where they partook of the Last Supper. This was the last meal with Jesus, his last meal uh, with his disciples before he went and prayed on the Mount of Olives and was arrested and crucified. And so during this Last Supper, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, or communion as we call it. And Jesus also said that one of them would betray him. And Judas's betrayal was already in motion, already happening. And so naturally, the disciples were wondering, who would do such a thing? And it was then that Jesus turned to Peter in verses 31 and 32. And he said to him, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. This reminds me of when Satan asked for permission to test Job in the book of Job. Satan Satan here was wanting to disrupt the disciples, to, to, to damage and destroy the work that Jesus was doing. Satan wanted to shake Peter like you would shake wheat, to cause him to fall. Jesus didn't, didn't keep this temptation from Peter, just like he didn't keep that temptation from Judas, and just like God didn't keep Satan from Job. Uh, and Jesus told Peter, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Think about that for a moment. Jesus knew temptations and challenges would come to his disciples then and to us now. And and he knows that they'll come to us and he doesn't want our faith 
to fail us. This lets us know he, he knows we will stumble and sin. He knows we're going to miss the shot. He knows we're going to mess up. And in fact, that's exactly why he came, because he knew we needed saving. He knew we were lost in our sins without his perfect sacrifice. And forgiveness of sins for the Christian is just one of the many blessings of being in Christ. Which, of course, that should drive us to want to get rid of sin in our lives, to run from sin, to avoid sin, to grow out of sin. And that's how that should work. And so Jesus tells Peter that he prays his faith doesn't fail him. He's telling Peter he's going to have a bad play in the game. He's going to miss the shot. He's going to blow it. But Peter, get the rebound. Peter, get the rebound. Don't fail. Don't let that stop you. Don't let that put you out of the game. You get the rebound when you miss the shot. And so look again at how Jesus said it in the rest of verse 32. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Do you see that? From the beginning, Jesus has always seen the best in Peter. He knew that Peter was about what he was about to do when things got tough, when the temperature was hot, when things were challenging, when it was hard and difficult. He knew what Peter was going to do. And, and he tells him, you've got to get the rebound. And when you've done that, when you've turned and got back in the game, when you've got the rebound, when you've repented, essentially, strengthen strengthen your brothers. That's what he's telling him. And Peter couldn't believe what Jesus was saying. And, and so he said, when he said in verse 33, he, Peter says to Jesus, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. So again, we see this bold personality, this impulsive, I'm ready to conquer the world for you, Jesus. Don't worry, I'm going to lay it on the line for you, Jesus. And Jesus replies to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Can you imagine having Jesus tell you that and to tell you that in front of the other disciples at this moment? And it's in this very same chapter, Luke 22, that Peter actually denies Jesus. <clears throat> so in Luke 22, go to verse 54. We'll start reading there. Then they seized him, Jesus, and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. Notice that. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. But he denied it, saying, woman, I don't know him. And a little later, someone else said to him, you also were one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour still, another insisted, certainly this man was with him, for he also is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord, look at this, verse 61, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, 
you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Imagine what that scene was like if you were there in that courtyard among those fires at night and you see this play out and you see Jesus and Peter make eye contact and you hear the rooster crow and you see it on Peter's face that he remembers and then you see him run off weeping bitterly. There's no telling where he went, how long he stayed, and what all he did. But imagine what that was like for Peter to be, to not just have the rooster crowing that happened, but also on top of that, to be looking at Jesus in the eyes when it happened. Peter had totally and completely blown it. This was as bad as it could get. He had messed up completely. He had missed the shot, and that's an understatement. This is the same guy who had just fearlessly cut off the ear of a soldier trying to arrest Jesus. And now he was afraid to even confess that he knew Jesus and denied him three times. This was Peter who threw out his net again because Jesus said to. This was Peter who walked on the water out of faith in Jesus. This was Peter who made that great confession of faith. This was Peter who had his name changed by Jesus to mean rock and now he was anything but a rock of faith. That's where Peter was in his life. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place like that where you've felt that way? You've, you've, you've lived totally opposite from how you want to live. You've turned from God. You've, you've turned from what you know is right. You've messed up, and you're, now you're out there. You've run off from the courtyard. It's happened, and you're out there. You know you've blown it. You've missed the shot. I want you to notice what Jesus did to Peter the next time he saw him. Let's turn and look at how Jesus handles things and what he does for Peter, to Peter, during this time. After Peter denied Jesus, Jesus was put on trial and crucified, and God raised him from the dead. Uh, and after, after he did, Jesus spent some time appearing to his disciples. Now, in John chapter 21, turn to John 21, we find Peter again. And he was with some of the other disciples and decides to go fishing. So Peter and these disciples, they get out in the boats and they're going fishing. They've been fishing all night, but they haven't caught anything. Does that sound like a familiar scene? And look at verse number four. Just as the day was breaking, they've been there all night, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children... Do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea, running, of course, to the shore. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, uh, but about a hundred yards off. The scene, of course, reminds us of when Peter first began following Jesus. 
when Jesus told him to, to cast on the other side in that miraculous catch of fish. And then also when he walked on water out to see Jesus. Jesus had told them to even bring some fish in that they had just caught. And right there, Jesus makes them breakfast. I think that's a neat scene. Jesus appears at this point to these disciples and cooks some breakfast on the shore with the fish that they had just caught. And after breakfast, Jesus had this private conversation with Peter. Look in verses 15 through 17 of John 21. Jesus and Peter have gone over to the side to talk, and, Jesus, and, and, and we see here recorded in John, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Peter had denied Jesus three times, and three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Giving Peter three chances, three opportunities to confess that he loved Jesus. To, to own up to knowing Jesus, to confess Jesus after he had denied Jesus. And I want you to see that what Jesus is doing to Peter is he's not throwing him out of the game because he missed the shot. He's not throwing him off the team because he missed the shot. I want you to see that what Jesus did for Peter, he does for us. And that is he wants to restore us into a right relationship with him and set us on the right path to live lives of rock solid faith in him that he knows we can. Jesus saw all the good in Peter like he always did, all the possibility, all the potential. And once again, he worked to bring that out in Peter. And, and when Peter denied Jesus those three times, it was an issue really with his love for Jesus. And, and that's why when, when asking him if he loved him, G, uh, Peter is confessing his love for Jesus. That was his problem back at his arrest. His, it was an issue with his love. It was not strong enough. It got weak in that moment. And he wasn't living up to the name Rock, the Rock, and he, and he wavered in his faith and in his love and devotion to Jesus out of fear of what might happen. And so Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, get the rebound. You missed the shot, get the ball, jump and get the ball, get back in the game and put some points on the board. Do you remember back when at the Last Supper, Jesus told Peter he would deny him? Do you remember what Jesus said he prayed about? He said, but I have prayed that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now was the time 
for Peter to do just that, wasn't it? Peter, get the rebound, dig in, and get back in the game and strengthen your brothers. You've got a team that you're on. Feed my sheep. And Peter did, in fact, get the rebound in his faith. Peter went on to preach the first sermon in Acts when he boldly proclaimed Jesus. And 3,000 souls were added to the body of Christ that day and were reminded when he first followed Jesus. And, P and Jesus told Peter, uh, you will be catching men from now on. Peter preached the gospel before the council after being arrested. And, and arrests and orders from officials and even beatings couldn't stop Peter. Peter from proclaiming the message of Jesus. There was no way Peter was ever going to deny Jesus again. Peter went on to write two of the books of the New Testament, two letters full of boldness and faith. And when you read 1st and 2nd Peter, you can hear his, his heart for Jesus. You can hear him reflecting on his life and, 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 and talking about how he has grown in his faith and encouraging that strength and that devotion and that faith in Christ for others. You hear his heart in his writings in light of his past. So, so how do you get the rebound in your faith the way Peter did? When you blow it, here's what you do. Don't stand there like you don't know what to do. Peter, Peter uh, was, was stunned and ran off weeping and crying and, and felt, felt terrible about what had happened. And that's understandable, isn't it? But when he, when, when he had turned again, as Jesus phrased it, and when he had repented, strengthen your brothers. You see, you can't stand there in the game of basketball and not know what to do and not have your hands up ready for the ball. You've got to keep your eyes on the ball and you've got to get the rebound. And what does that mean? You've got to repent and turn again. You can't act like it didn't happen. You can't walk off the court. You can't leave the gym and get in your car and go home. You've got to get the rebound in your life. The game is still being played, and that game is your life. Life is still going on. What are you going to do when you blow it? You've got to get the rebound. Don't stand there frozen. And Jesus came back to Peter to say, I don't want you frozen in that moment. It's not over. Life isn't over. The game isn't over. Get the rebound in your faith. Uh, Peter even said in his own words in 1 Peter 1.13, prepare your minds for action. Take action when you blow it. Take action when, you got, when you've got to do it. Prepare your minds for action. The second thing to do would be confess your love for Jesus. See, remember that Peter had an issue with love, his love for Jesus. He loved Jesus, but when things got scary in the moment, he denied Jesus. And he needed a stronger and greater and deeper love for Jesus. And Jesus gave him that opportunity to confess him, to confess his love for him. A greater love for Jesus drives you to turn back to him in spite of what you've done, to, to get that rebound and turn back to Christ even when you've messed up. And as we see in the way Jesus treated Peter, Jesus wanted that for Peter. He was always pushing for that. A greater love for Jesus will help you stand firm for him even when it's hard. Then, as, Pe as Jesus told Peter, get to work. 
feed my sheep, strengthen the brothers. Peter had to deal with himself and his love for God. That's, that's uh, foundational to your Christian life, and you have to deal with that with yourself. Uh, that's foundational to everything. Everything is going to come out of your love for God. But then you need to be about serving others, strengthening the brothers, feeding the sheep. So you need to ask yourself, what am I doing uh, uh, in service to God for, for others? What am I doing for others on behalf of God? What am I doing to feed the sheep, to strengthen the brothers? You see, we can get so wrapped up in ourselves and in everything going on, and many of those are good and decent responsibilities of life. We call it adulting, don't we? We can get wrapped up into those things and everything going on, and we can't see that we have time to serve others. Or sometimes we only do it when it perfectly fits within everything else going on. There's no sacrifice really there, as long as it fits in conveniently, or it's something that's my preference and that I enjoy doing, then I can serve. Then I can feed the sheep. I can strengthen the brothers. And that's not what Jesus is teaching. That's not what Jesus was telling Peter to do. Peter was telling him, your aim, your goal, your work is to strengthen the brothers and feed the sheep. And that's what he wants for us. And remember, that comes out of our love for Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Your love for God and your devotion to serving him will help you get the rebound. I want you to know that the Christian life is about 10,000 new beginnings. And if you read just the life of Peter alone, you see all the new beginnings he had. The Christian life is about 10,000 new beginnings. And God is the God of the second chance, and he's the God of the two millionth chance. God doesn't want to see you tap out of the game. He wants to see you get the rebound in your faith because that's how much he loves you. And that's why he came to be that sacrifice for you. You can't do anything to make him stop loving you. You can't do anything to make him give up on you. God wants you strong in your faith, devoted to him, and with your, your eternity secure I want you to know that you can get the rebound in your faith, in your marriage, in your relationship, in that sin problem that you have. You can get the rebound in your life. The issue is a want to. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he talked to Peter and asked him those times, do you love me? Do you have that want to to get the rebound? That's how you do it. You don't let your life get turned over to Satan, turned over to sin, turned over to broken everything and a mess and a disaster in your life. You get the rebound and get back in your faith. And I want you to know that it's not over. Your marriage isn't over. Your, your relationship isn't over. You, you hadn't blown it that much. That sin hadn't got you out of heaven. You hadn't ruined everything like it feels like it right now. You can get the rebound. You can only do it by being faithful to Christ and by walking faithfully with him. And we want you to know that we're here for you and we support you during this time. If there's any way we can help you get that rebound in your faith, the Oldham Lane Church of Christ is here for you. Just reach out and let us know. God bless. We love you.